welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 185 is entitled The Road to Power, Machiavellian Pragmatism, Rules Number 33-40, through 40, A Glimpse into the Future, Part 1. I have made it very clear in these podcasts that there are only four laws of liberty. Any government that moves away from these laws, regardless of the rhetoric, will move toward totalitarianism. The four laws of liberty are, one, the law of liberty, two, the perfect law of liberty, three, the law of equality, and four, the royal law. The law of liberty refers to the Ten Commandments. The perfect law of liberty refers to the Sermon on the Mount, or to all the virtues of Christ. The law of equality refers to the truth that God is no respecter of persons, and neither should government be a respecter of persons. The royal law refers to the two great commandments, love the Lord with all your heart, and love your neighbor as yourself. Everything about liberty is contained in those four laws. All four laws are referred to in the book of James in the New Testament. America and the world today, however, are on a different track. They have replaced God with government. Having denied the very existence of God, it is the responsibility of government, not God, to create men as equal. Therefore, they are seeking omnipotence. Regardless of the rhetoric, the world is moving towards centralized power placed in the hands of a few. From sovereign nations, they are moving toward a one-world government using climate change, pandemics, and poverty as an excuse. Today, power is the single dominating theme in world governments, including the United States of America. If we continue the path we are on, the predictions contained in this and the following podcast will inevitably come true. World history proves it. They are following the 40 rules of the little book, written by Machiavelli, entitled The Prince. I took the liberty of numbering the rules as they occurred chronologically in The Prince. I call them the rules of Machiavellian pragmatism, the road to power. Machiavellian pragmatism ignores rule of law, democracy, self-reliance, justice, mercy, equality, individualism, free will, agency, liberty, or freedom. In this and the following podcast, we shall define some of those rules which, if continued, will be the destruction of liberty not only in the United States, but around the world. Rule number 37. You must know there are two ways of contesting, the one by the law and the other by force. The first method is proper to men, the second to beasts. But because the first is frequently not sufficient, it is necessary to have recourse to the second. Therefore, it is necessary for a prince to understand how to avail himself of the beast and the man. One without the other is not durable. And of all princes, it is impossible for the new prince to avoid the imputation of cruelty owing to new states being full of dangers. Niccolo Machiavelli, the prince. In other words, Machiavelli is saying... Use law where possible. Use force when necessary. Be both man and beast. Be lenient sparingly. Be cruel profligately. However, Machiavelli understood cunning. Rule number 38. 
A prince, being obliged to know well how to act as a beast, must imitate the fox and the lion. For the lion cannot protect himself from snares, and the fox cannot defend himself from wolves. One must therefore be a fox to recognize snares, and a lion to frighten wolves. Those that wish to be only lions do not understand this. Those that have been best able to imitate the fox have succeeded. Niccolo Machiavelli A skilled writer and a student of the Holy Bible, it is no accident that in rules number 37 and 38, Machiavelli mentions beast. It is probable that he is referring to Revelation 13, where John the Revelator uses the beast in describing the governments of the last days. Beast 1 And they worshipped the dragon that gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Machiavelli thought war should be the primary thing on a tyrant's mind. Rule number 33 A prince ought to have no other aim or thought, nor select anything else for his study, than war and its rules and discipline. For this is the sole art that belongs to him who rules. It is of such force that it not only upholds those who are born princes, but it often enables men to rise from a private state to that rank. And on the contrary, it is seen that when princes have thought more of ease than of arms, they have lost their states. He ought never, therefore, to have out of his thoughts the subject of war, and in peace he should addict himself more to its exercise than in war. This he can do in two ways, the one by action, the other by study. Let's return to the book of Revelation and John's view of the first beast. And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given unto him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. One must ask, why is war against Christianity essential to the beast? The answer is simple. Christianity stands in the way of the new world order. For example, the United States is founded on the belief that God, not man, created men as equal, as stated in our Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Notice the first two primary attributes of the beast. Blasphemy against God. Blaspheme his name. That is a direct attack against the first three commandments, as well as the first great commandment of the royal law. 1. You shall have no other gods before me. 2. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. 3. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. The third primary attribute of the beast is to assist Satan in his war against the followers of Christ, a war that began in heaven and continues on earth. And make war with the saints. In other words, rule or dominate the saints. The reason is obvious. 
Christianity stands against the New World Agenda. It stands against abortion. It stands against gay marriage. It stands against the idea that gender is a choice. It stands against relative morals for it accepts the absolute laws of God as inviolable. Christianity stands for the four laws of liberty, for free will, agency and liberty, and for self-reliance. The first beast is also against all those who are conservative, who believe in rule of law, who believe in liberty. War is a generic term. It could include riots in the streets, open borders, defunding police, setting criminals free, burning, looting, robbing, taking away the right to bear arms, letting criminals out of jail without bail, letting homeless take over city streets and parks, reducing serious crimes to misdemeanors, attacking police, threatening judges. It could also include passing laws that restrict Christian practices. It could mean taking away the First Amendment that guarantees freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom of religion, or it could mean taking away the Second Amendment, which guarantees the right to bear arms. John describes Beast 2. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he caused all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred threescore and six. Just what does it mean to let no man buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast, or the number of his name? Obviously, it means centralizing power, controlling business, but it could mean hiring 87,000 IRS agents to spy on citizens. It could mean stopping oil pipelines so that no one can afford gas or diesel, forcing them to use electric cars, making food costs too high for average people to afford using the COVID crisis to bypass the Constitution as well as destroy our economy and to kill small business. Any means of controlling the economy are marks of the second beast. Rule number 30, Machiavelli counsels. But one who wishes to obtain the reputation of liberality among men must not omit every kind of sumptuous display, and to such an extent that the prince of this character will consume by such means all his resources, and will be at last compelled, if he wishes to maintain his name for liberality, to impose heavy charges on his people, become an extortioner, and do everything possible to obtain money. Does that not sound like the Inflation Reduction Act? Which part of the $740 billion Inflation Reduction Act reduces inflation? How can you reduce inflation when every cent spent by the government is borrowed, when they cannot even pay the $30 trillion debt, when all new bills must be met by raising taxes, when not one cent goes to reducing debt and almost 100% goes toward pet projects of the left? The bill is 700 pages long. Does anyone know everything in it? They promise not to raise taxes on those making less than $400,000, but refuse to put it into law. Why? The reason is obvious. The entire bill is based on fraudulent premises. It increases power, which is the end goal. 
The vast majority of the bill addresses environmental issues, not inflation. Some of the billions appear to be outright bribery to those who support liberal causes. Collectively, they want to destroy the American economy, to change to socialism, and to increase big government. They want redistribution of wealth and a one-world government based on global warming. Individually, they divert their thinking toward personal advancement. They conserve their gray cells to figure out ways to avoid having to obey their own laws, such as exempting themselves from Obamacare, or how to get rich while in office while pretending to represent the poor and middle classes. They concentrate on how to profit from inside information. Simply compare their accumulated wealth with the salaries they receive while in office. They do not match. The information is readily available on the Internet. What is their secret? Using Mill's methods to solve problems, one of the first things you do is to look at a common denominator. The common denominator is high government office. It is very common for those holding high government position to become wealthy. The higher the office, the greater the wealth. Does concomitant variation mean anything to anyone? It is also part of Mill's methods. The two beasts represent the power of war and the power of money. Those two things lead to total power. Christianity is the primary target of Lucifer, and it is becoming the primary target of those who advance socialism and a new world order today, because Christians are their primary stumbling block. If Christianity is not defeated, then the new world order cannot stand, because the new world order requires total power. Control the army and control the economy, and you rule the world. If globalism wins, then the day is near when everyone must bow to the beast. What is the beast mentioned by John? What else could it be but economic and military power itself, held in the hands of a few, but ruled by one? It is the number of a man who controls the economy, that no man might buy or sell save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. It is totalitarianism on a scale heretofore unimagined, for it is global. In our day, those who control the money control the power. I suppose the beast has always existed. However, John is describing raw government power on a scale that could not have reached fruition before today. The beast represents unlimited power in the hands of a tyrant. It is a beast that can control the armies of the world. Quote, and power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. Unquote. And the economy of the world. Quote, that no man might buy or sell, unquote. And that is what globalists want. If we do not stop socialism now, if we do not stop government spending, if we do not turn back to the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the balance of power, and the Ten Commandments, the beast will become unstoppable. However, only now in the entire history of the world is globalism possible because of the Internet, where all economies are connected and where it is possible to rule the world through economic control. If you wish to have a clear picture of the beast described by John in the book of Revelation, simply combine the rules of Machiavellian pragmatism with the vision of John. The beasts are governments ruled by man, but governed by Satan. They are not sea monsters. By combining the beast of John with the satanic rules of Machiavelli, you have a good image of what is ahead if we do not turn back to Christ. The following are just a few of the things that are to come. What are the predictions? 1. The loss of sovereignty. We will give other governments the right to influence our laws, 
in the name of climate change. Governments will have false fronts because the real decisions will be made behind the scenes through secret societies working in collusion, who own the power and who use government arms to carry out their assassinations, intimidations, and torture. There will be governments within governments, and work will be done in secret. Number two, the loss of freedom of religion. We will, as Christians, be curtailed in what we may say over the pulpit, what we may teach in the classroom, what we may practice, and even how we may think. Our language will be curtailed so that we cannot call evil by its name. Number three, a move toward socialism. Number four, a move toward a one-world government. Number five, loss of freedom of speech and freedom of the press. Our language will be changed, removing pronouns of he and she, boy and girl, man and woman. In fact, we may not be able to use words such as terrorist or God or marriage or criminal or pervert or evil or sin or any other word that offends the sensibilities of the left. Number six, the curriculum of our schools will be primarily aimed at teaching government propaganda, which will include the views of the left on gender, on global warming, on the environment, on religion. Number seven, parents will be restricted on what they can teach their children in the home concerning marriage, family, gender, the environment, morals, values, virtues, and so on. They will even be monitored and punished accordingly if they violate the agenda of the left. We may even be restricted on what we may name our own children. For example, girls' names or boys' names may be forbidden. Marriage and family and number of children will be governed by the state. Number eight, redistribution of wealth, equalized in pay. Number nine, the total ban of all gas-driven vehicles. Number ten, the loss of the ability to bear arms. Number eleven, the inability to have single-house dwellings or to live in the country or to travel wherever we wish to travel. Number 12, a huge economic crash and restructuring and constant war. Number 13, a new world order, a one-world government, a single currency, a single banking system. Number 14, the barring of Christianity, the censoring of the Bible, and death to Christians. Number 15, totalitarianism. I am curtailed simply by time. The list is endless. Please listen to part two for a further glimpse into the future if we continue to let liberal philosophy dominate our world. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.